for listening. Thank you for listening. To the Outstanding Ohioans. Outstanding Ohioans. To the Outstanding Ohioans. To the Outstanding Ohioans. Podcast. Podcast. Hosted by my daddy. Hosted by my daddy. Hello, thank you for tuning in to the Outstanding Ohio Show. I'm your host, Ron Silico, and this is episode 27, and it is interview part three with coach and author Matt Kramer. If you've listened to the first two interviews, I am sure you're pumped and love the content that he's been providing to us on not only how to run a basketball program, but to be a leader in general. So thank you for tuning in. Enjoy part three of the interview. Last chapter of the book becoming the CEO of your career. I think it, yeah. I think it, you know, based on our earlier conversation, there's a twist to, there's a twist in the book. So I wanted you to talk about that. And then sure. it's, a, it's a segue into the book you're working on right now called leap of faith. If you could talk yeah, about that. Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, the twist in the book and, you know, I joke about it in the book a little bit is that I got fired. It came south. Um, you know, that firing came less than three years after I had won back-to-back-to-back Coach of the Year awards at Payless. Um, you know, for me to be able to say that I got fired was a hard thing to do. I mean, I, I, after it happened, because I didn't know it was happening, I was on the exercise bike at, you know, at 1 o'clock, and I got a text message or an email. It was an email. I take that back. I was, it was before I got on the exercise bike. I, I got an email at 12.45, right at the end of my last class that I taught, that I had a meeting with so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so in the Wildcat conference room at 2 o'clock. Well, one of the so-and-sos was the principal who I was pretty tight with. You know, he told me this week earlier, hey, you're doing a great job, you know, get your summer program going, I really like what you're doing, you got good young kids, and, you know, love the direction of the program. So I got an exercise, exercise bike like I always did at 1, you know, sat there, did the exercise bike, you know, got the sweat going, went down, walked in that conference room at 2 o'clock, and by 2.03 I was fired. And it was that simple. Um, I had no idea it was coming. Um, the principal there had no idea. He's, I'll never forget, I looked at him right away when I was told, and his head hit the floor because he just told me that I was in good standing. And I got my car because the school day was over, and I drove around the block about 47 times. <laughs> you know? And, and really, that's the truth. I mean, I just I don't know, honestly, how many times I circled, but I did. I circled it like 47 times. And, and I had an all-star game to coach that night. Believe it or not, I was the, the East all-star coach because I was supposed to put my last fails and um, the family obligation took me away. So they, they made me this all-star. So I'm coaching this all-star game, you know, for 40 minutes. And I'm sitting there and I'm holding on to this, you know, this, this idea. And I hadn't told anybody. I mean, I'm the only guy that knows. And my assistant coach at South is my assistant coach for this all-star game. And, you know, he's asking, hey, you all right? You all right? And I don't even know. I couldn't say if the team like Chet and I won or lost. I forgot. And I know that sounds like a lie, but I honestly couldn't tell you. Hmm. Um, I couldn't. Because it doesn't matter an all-star game anyway. And you're not really coaching. You're just kind of shuffling players in and out. Um, but I told him afterwards, and he was floored. He, he couldn't believe it. You know what I mean? And he asked me what I was going to do. school 
the next day, and I, I, I had a blast teaching my kids. And don't get me wrong, it was hard. Um, but there was no way that I was going to let any of my students walk out of that classroom that day and go tell somebody, boy, Kramer was in a bad mood today. I didn't tell anybody. You know what? I didn't tell them I got fired from the basketball job. I didn't say anything. That's a unique thing in high school sports. Um, you know, in college, when they fire you from the basketball job, you clear your desk out, you take your seventh pay, and you go off to Hawaii for a few weeks and with your family and think about where you want to, where you want to land next. Um, you know, in high school, you're damaged goods because, you know, in high school, now you don't have to explain that forever. They don't give you a severance pay. And by the way, the same people that fired you expect you to show up to work the next day and teach, even though they told you today that you're not good enough, really, to be there. They want you to come back the next day and teach. So I thought, you know, that's a tough thing. Um, and in retrospect, I don't really feel like I'm the toughest guy in the world, so I can't believe I was able to do it, but I did you know, and, and I didn't tell anybody I got fired, including my players, because I didn't know what the protocol was. I'd never been fired before. Um, so the rumors started to leak, and once they started to leak, um, you know, my players came around me, and they're like, we don't believe this because we're watching you, and you're still talking to us, and you're in a good mood. And So I told them, you know what I mean, and they sobbed, which made me feel better, because had they not been upset that I was fired, I would have felt like, shoot, maybe I should have been fired. But watching their reaction told me that we had the culture there that, that we wanted, um, you know, we just didn't get a chance to win enough games. And ultimately, those kids as seniors two years later won 20 games, you know. But they were just like my kids at Ferris. They were playing as ninth graders. And we didn't win 20, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We won six or seven my last year. And that wasn't enough. Um, so from there, you know, I finished the year teaching. And I talked there one more year. And my wife, is, she was great through the whole thing. And she finally told me, Matt, you know, you're a basketball coach. But that year, I was I'm actually assisting Randy um, at Hoover. Um, even though he had a full staff, I was I was working with him, and you know, he was great to me through the whole process, and really um, was a big reason that I got through it. But my wife, halfway through that 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 next year at South, said, "Listen, I don't care what I have to do. You're not teaching there again next year. You're you're going to resign that job." So I quit. You know, I quit in a I quit a job that was paying me well, um, in a bad economy, in a, in a job that. You know, there aren't a lot of open teaching jobs in the state of Ohio, especially ones that were paying me like the one in Southwell. It was a fairly good-paying job. And, uh, you know, it raised a lot of eyebrows, and some people thought I thought the, the reservation. But I had no prospects when it happened. I was in the running for a couple head coaching jobs I didn't get. And ultimately, a good friend of mine got the East Canton head coaching job, and um, he's a friend of Randy's, actually, too. And Randy said, why don't you go over there and help him for a year? You know, East Canton's not a very good basketball program at the time, um, not real good talent, small school district. And when I went in there to interview, they said, we have a seventh grade um, and eighth grade teaching job. We don't get guys like you uh, um, with your resume. We get young teachers who, you know, don't care what they make, and we can't pay you. I mean, they said, you're going to be making a first-year teacher salary in a small school district. This is it. I told them, listen, I want to remember why I love to teach and why I love to coach. I don't care how many games we win. And you can pay me one dollar for the year. Don't care about the pay. Give me the benefits, okay, so my family has coverage, and I will give you the best effort you've ever seen from a teacher here. I will not miss one day, um, and I, I'm going to be as, as good here as I would be if I was working at the highest paying district in the state. And so that's what I did. Um, you know, that's what I did. And I went to work every day, and I loved every second of it. Um, my time at East Canton, my kids were. I don't know how well you know East Canton, but it's a small school district, Division Four, and every grade is housed. 
Mm-hmm. And so my kids who were at the time in kindergarten and first grade, uh, when they're with me, I got to take them to school every day and walk into their classroom. And I went down and taught. Um, coach, we weren't very good, but, you know, by God, we had 100 kids that were, um, you know, excited to be, you know, to have a coach in there that could teach them and, and help them. And, um, you know, from, from taking that step back, uh, I got this opportunity here at Milton. And, um, you know, that's, obviously I've left some things out between, but, you know, had I not taken that step back and I decided to just sit there and say, you know what, I'm going to play out the last 10 years of my career and, and you know, and be a miserable teacher and, you know, never coach again, uh, they would have never happened. And a lot of coaches go that route. But, you know, seeing that happen, and I've seen that with a couple of guys in buildings where I've been, you know, mostly football coaches, but one basketball coach in particular where just bothered me. Man, that guy was a pretty good coach. You know, he coached the team to a Final Four, then they fired him. And I watched him, I'm not kidding, kill himself because he was miserable that he wasn't doing what he loved anymore. And I just thought, I would rather, I would rather not have any entertainment money and eat bologna sandwiches for a year than live the rest of my life like that. You know, I mean, I have more to offer the world than that. And, um, you know, I don't get overly spiritual, um, you know, and, and kind of force that on people. But, uh, you know, I made that move. My wife stood behind me. God bless her. Um, you know, my kids are great. We basically gave our house away to get out of that school district. Um, miserable financial settlement on the house and uh you know all that paid off you know what i mean god was looking out for me um you know that, that, that's there's there, in, in a lot of ways there's no other explanation for it because you know while i'm at east canton i'm over there running a, a, a camp for middle pay and i'm in the running for a couple head coaching jobs in ohio but on my way in to run this camp at east canton that my, my kid is a part of um and that's the only reason really that i'm there because i don't even know if i'm going back there I get an email from the San Antonio Spurs um, to my to my uh, to my phone personal email, and it's Dennis Felton, who is the at the time director of pro personnel for the San Antonio Spurs. Dennis is the former head coach at the University of Georgia. Um, he was the the coach that put Western Kentucky University on the map of the Sweet 16, um, you know, back in the early 90s. At the time, he was with the Spurs, and I'm thinking, the San Antonio Spurs sending me a you know, an email. <laughs> and I looked down and he's, you know, I said, Dennis Felton, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I read your book and, you know, would you be interested in coming to Atlanta, Georgia to interview for the job at Milton? Milton, you know, is a you know top 10 in the country team. They graduated Shan Scott and Dejan Parker and, you know, all these guys. And I thought, honestly, you know, Ron, I thought that somebody had found a way to, to pull a prank on me, you know? <laughs> so I, I responded real fast. Yeah, you know, sure, Dennis, give me, give me a call at 302. I'm running a camp until 3 o'clock. And he sent one back and said, we'll do. And I thought, you know, whoever that was, there's no way it's going to call. So I totally forgot about it. <laughs> and as I'm walking off the, the camp floor, off the gym floor, he's Canton. I'm not kidding you, at 302, my phone rings, and it registers AT&T Center in San Antonio. And I'm thinking, the San Antonio Spurs are calling me at East Canton High School. And it's Dennis Felton, who's the, pro, the director of pro personnel um, for the Spurs. And they're getting ready to make a run to the NBA Finals. In fact, they were getting ready to play in the Finals against the Heat uh, the year that they lost in, in the seventh game on that, you know, the Ray Allen shot in the sixth game. And um, I did two phone interviews with Dennis. He really, he really liked me. Um, Dennis had a son on the team at the time, and he was in charge of a national search to find a coach at Milton. That's why he was the one that, that reached out to me. Um, and after I got Dennis's stamp of approval, uh, they invited me down. 
you know, that, that's my leap of faith. And, you know, for any 40-something-year-old guy or 30-something-year-old guy who's had his career that was pretty promising interrupted, um, you know, it's a pretty powerful story, I think. And, and uh, I think the, the next book will reach um, a wider audience than just the coaching world just on that, that sheer premise alone. Um, because a lot of people have gone through that and are going through it. And, you know, hopefully, you know, it will reach people um, you know, I've gone through that and, and, and tell them that they do still have a lot to offer the world, but they gotta keep some they gotta keep the faith in themselves and if it means taking a step back to take a giant leap forward, then you know, that's the way it is. Um, you know, one of the really cool things about the book we've already written is I've I've had an opportunity to get three guys um, who were out of coaching had coaching jobs because they were inspired by that little piece of that story that I told in my first book. Mm. And that's kind of what, what um, encouraged me to write the second one because I feel like you know, I can do some leadership things with not just coaches, but anybody who's gone through something like that, because you really do need a, a strong support system uh, when that happened. And I had one with my wife. Um, I had one with, you know, Coach Montgomery, um, you know, and some of the other good people that I worked with um, throughout my career you know, were there to you know, be my safety net while I took that step back. So um, that's kind of that's kind of a wrap on that. Um, you know, hopefully I get all the key points on that, because I think that that's the best part of the book from, from where I stand. Um, you know, for, for one, you know, people like a train wreck. <laughs> it was kind of a train wreck here in the middle of the book, you know. If it was all happy, warm, fuzzy feelings, it's not really believable. And I kidded Randy when I got fired. You know, hey, this book had everything except for one of us getting over getting fired. And now I can do that. Um, that's something I depend on, though, you know. Um, but, it's, you know, like I said, it's made me a better person and it's put me in a better position, ironically, in my career than probably I ever would have been in had I not been fired. So, you know, am I grateful that it happened? I would probably stop a step short of saying that. <laughs> but you know what? Um, all's well that ends better. So that's kind of where we are. What's great about the book, Matt, is we always talk about as coaches that the skills that you're learning in your sport are, are good for the rest of your life. This book in and of itself you don't have to be a basketball coach to get value from it. You can run your office this way. You can run your sales area this way. You can run whatever you're responsible for, your family. You can run anything you want. There's principles out of each one of these chapters that you can pull and apply them to anything you do. And, and, I, and I, you know, I really, first of all, thank you. Um, those, are, those are kind words. And, you know, I think that that's true. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, my uncle is the CEO, um, founder, and president of Infinity Construction out of Cleveland. Uh, you know, he said the same thing about the book. Mm -hmm. He's read, obviously, he's my uncle, so he's going to be biased towards it. But, um, you know, we've talked about things in the book as well, and, you know, he's in construction. And it's true. You know, really, it goes back to what we, we initially talked about, you know, at the very beginning of the interview, Ryan. It's, it's really a, it's a relationship world that we're in right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a people world. And the smaller you get the technology, the, the more you have to be able to work with people, um, you know, be able to collaborate, uh, you know, lead at times. But as a leader, also know that a big piece of that is listening so that you can follow the people that you're leading sometimes. You know, I mean, it, it's it, there are a lot of things in that, um, but but like I said, everything that I just said, you know, it, it comes full circle and it's, it's back to relationships. Um, you know, when when we get the 
known that we had at Fairless. And it takes time. You know, I mean, that's the other thing that people don't understand. I mean, if you're going to build that family culture, you can't ask for it and you can't hasten it. You know, I mean, there's no way to say, I want it now. You know, I mean, there are going to be some people, just like in that business world that you're talking about, that they're just not built for it. You know what I mean? They just aren't cut out for it. There's sacrifice, there's selflessness that goes with it. Um, there's doing things you don't want to do, and that's not for all teenage kids. Um, but when you have the, the talent pool that we have at Milton, um, and you and you and you nurture the program towards that, and we're close. You know what I mean? We're close. We got great kids across the board here. Um, they just haven't been in the program that long. And you know now you talk about after a couple of years, these are more. I hate to say my kids because man, I love every kid that I coached here, and I, I, I stay in constant contact with them. Um, and some of them would would you know were bought in fully right away because that's just the type of kid they were. But once it's there, all the way, you know, what I mean, at a place like Milton with the talent pool we have, it's, it's going to be scary good because it was scary good at Fairless out in the middle of nowhere with you know with just average athletes. You know, and here we get the six foot nine kid who you know can go play at Duke, and we get the you know the, the point guard who's being recruited by every mid-major um, and every every low major. We get the kid who's six foot four and is, you know, scholarship to Tennessee to play football, had a scholarship offer at every school in the country to play linebacker, but also had mid-major offers for basketball. You know what I mean? We get that kid here. So, you know, once you get really talented people, you know, all on that same family page, you know, whether you're winning, no matter what business you're running, take talent in whatever field you're talking about. Get it all on the same page to where it's all working for the same good and realizing that when, when one of us wins or when one of us does something well, we all, you know, benefit from it. That's when that's when you you can have true success. And um, you're right, you know what I mean? I, I, I think that, that that's kind of the the one, you know, overriding or the major theme that you can kinda of glean from, you know, a lot of the things that were written in that book. And and I'm glad you brought that up because that's you know, that's kinda of the hope, you know, what I mean, that people would get that. Mm-hmm. What legacy are you hoping to leave behind? Um, obviously, with the platform you have, you have a tremendous ability to touch a lot of lives, and, and you've talked about the relationships. What what le- what legacy are you hoping to leave? You know, I think every young coach gets in and they think, you know what, I'm going to win a state championship. You know, and I don't think I was any different than that. Um, when you're looking at in a career that could go 30 or 35 or 40 years, however many you think that you got forever and sooner or later you're going to run into one of those. And we have, you know, a real chance to do that here this year, um, this, this next year. Um, we had a, we had a chance this year. Um, you know, the, the team that we had to beat here in our region has the NBA's top pick in 2016, Jalen Brown, who hmm. is, the, you know, he's the best I've seen since LeBron. I mean, I saw Wiggins when he was in senior a couple times, play live and seeing Jalen up close, um, where do you see this kid? His name's Jalen Brown, and uh, he hasn't decided which one, which place he's going to go do his one and done. But he, he's the projected number one pick in 2016. Hmm. And we just, it, it, you know, they also had a kid who was scholarship to Tennessee, and I mean, they they were just loaded. And so, you know, we beat them. We're one of two teams in, in Georgia in the last two years that's beaten them. But the fact of the matter is, is that it was going to be tough to, to win a state championship with that group in front of us. Next year um, is a different story. Um, there's been a lot of graduation here, and whereas it's still a tough road to hoe, we've got a really, really good team coming back. So I'm not saying that winning a state championship is not important, but when I talk about legacy, 
you know, I just learned over the years to to really appreciate every success. Um, you know, some nights we'll win a game and I'll be laying here in bed at three o'clock in the morning and my wife will say, How can you not sleep? And I'll be like, I'm just trying to enjoy the win. Because before I went through the struggle of rebuilding, you know, when I had had some success early, I, I it was never I was never able to enjoy a win. I was never able to say, Wow, that was a job well done. Even if it's just a minute, it was always let's get on to the next thing. So I appreciate success. Um because of the things I've gone through, maybe more than the average coach, and I don't mind admitting that. But as far as legacy goes, what I what I want to be is the best coach I can be for the kids that are in front of me every single year. Uh, and I know that that sounds almost contrived, or like I'm trying to you know to, to put it on a Hallmark card. But I mean, there's been some years, especially in the early years, where we won some games, and I didn't have much fun with it, and you know, in in July, it doesn't really matter whether we won 17 games or 18 games. My, my barbecue tastes the same. You know, the people at Disney World, when they're taking my money, they don't care how many games we won. So really it's about, you know, was I the best I could possibly be for the people that needed me to be great? And, you know, my legacy, what I would like it to be, is that every player that comes through my program knows that I care about them beyond the basketball court. And... And the guys that have played for me, especially the ones that have played four years or come through my program, they would tell you that that's true. Um, you know, and I, and I take I take some pride in that. Now, that sounds like it's made up if a coach is losing, but it sounds like if the coach is losing, well, you know, yeah, you've got to say that because you don't have any wins to fall back on. We've won games, so I'm, you know, we won 18 games last year. We won 17 games. No, we won 19 games last year. We won 18 games this year here, and I'm telling you right now, that's not nearly as important as the fact that my point guard, you know, still comes by here once a week and has dinner and we go through his schoolwork and, you know, he wants me to help him with that. And that when, you know, somebody is getting married back home, you know, and fearless, uh, you know, last year it was, it was Jordan Jennings who was one of the, one of the kids that was fantastic for me at fearless, you know, that he, you know, called me immediately and said, save this day. I want you to be at this wedding or that that's happening with Garrett Manack this summer. Uh, who was also on that 2007 Fairless team, or that Jerry Prestier, who was on my 2002 championship team, you know, gives me a call and tells me that they're about to have, you know, their third child. You know, or that Matt Trissel, who I played for me at Camp South, where I got fired, is the godfather of my young son, Landon. You know, that's really the legacy I want to leave, that the places that I left, um, you know, I did everything I could for the kids while I was there. And that there is that family connection as far as my basketball family goes forever. You know what I mean? That, that to me is more important, you know, and that's the most gratifying part of this job. So, you know, I hope I answered that question because, um, you know, again, don't get me wrong. If we want to state championship and people want to say, well, you know, you want to state championship and they want to attach that to it too, that'd be great. You know, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying I downplay that. Um, you know, I, I think it eventually will happen, but, I don't feel like I need that to validate um, anything that I've done. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just don't think I do. So that's kind of the summary of it. Well, Matt, I have a feeling after people listen to this interview, they're going to want to connect with you. How can they do that? Yeah, um, you know, I, it, it's cool because the book, first of all, um, you know, the book is done well, and I didn't know if it would ever sell one. And I didn't care because, honestly, a lot of it I wrote, was for me. I mean, I, it pleased me to write it. Um, 
you know, and to put it down in print, um, you know, and then to collaborate with Randy, you know, and then to get Coach Huggins from West Virginia to write the forward. I mean, just a lot of great people that it put me in contact with, and it was fun. Um, that said, right away, people started giving positive feedback on it, and it sold, um, and it's done well. And for that, you know, I'm grateful. I mean, it's, you know, it's not to, to make me a billionaire or anything, and, you know, I'm not Shakespeare or John Grissom even, but that, that you know, matter. I'm not, not trying to sell a million, but, you know, everybody that's read it is, is given positive feedback. And so what I did was, um, with, a, with a website publicist out of Cleveland named Soren Bika, a Cubic agency, put together a leadership website that he runs for me, and we share free content on it all the time. Uh, everything on that site is free. We know we're not looking to make any money off of it. It's a supplemental site. And what it is, it's a site, you know, by a coach and coaches with Coach Montgomery, um, anybody else that, that gets involved and uh, gets involved in does these, um, it's, and it's for coaches, you know, high school coaches, and you know there are things that you know go down to the, to the youth level. Um, you know, I did a piece this morning for uh, um, another website, Coach Mac at basketball uh, for basketballcoaches.com, where I talked about um, you know things that youth coaches should take into consideration when they're organizing a practice. But my website is. Uh, www.coachmattkramer.com and Coach Matt Kramer is all one word K uh, K R A M E R with a Kramer and that website has all um, it's all free content. Um, we're about to add um, something to the website, um, a software program for where we can share X and O some too. Although that's not the gist of it, a lot of it's just leadership dynamics and you know some of the things that we talked about in the interview and then, um, you know taking it beyond the things that we did in the book. And there are ways to interact. Um, you know, normally people that get on there reach out to me via my email. I, I, you know, I share my personal email email freely. I want people that have read the book to reach out, you know, and talk to me. Uh, tell me the things they like. Tell me the things that maybe they disagree with. Um, you know, not necessarily disagree, but maybe they have a different opinion on because perspective can can vary. Um, you know, from from coach to coach. And, you know, I've learned some great things from other coaches in talking about things that, you know, that, that, are, that aren't in my book because of just some discussions that stemmed off them. But my email is, uh, my Gmail is, uh, is coachk6463 at gmail.com. And that 6463 is the score of that Triway game that I wrote about in the book, too. Um, <laughs> so I always put that on there. And the Triway people don't particularly like that. But you know what? Um, it is what it is. That's what I always tell them. Uh, <laughs> And, and uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I'm real good about getting back to to uh, the email. Um, you know, I, I, I don't consider myself any bit of a celebrity at all, and you know, I'm not. And so, when somebody asks me my opinion about something, first off, it's you know, it's flattering um, and it's humbling at the same time. And I'm always willing to, to you know, to share back and forth the email. I give my phone number away. Um, people, you know, that. that that get involved with my website, get on there and sign up for the free newsletter that we send out once a month. And, uh, you know, we just, we're just trying to continue to connect coaches to other coaches. Um, you know, one of the things that, that I've learned over the years, and I, like I said, around the hard way, is that there's a bump in the road out there for just about everybody in this profession. And, you know, mine was the, the firing can south. And had I not had a good network of coaches, good ones, around me, when that happened to me, like a coach Montgomery, like a father, um, Dan Kramer, who was a head coach, you know, who'd been through some of that, um, then I, I probably wouldn't have got through it. And so, you know, our, our, our website is to, to allow every coach to build that network um, and that fallback. And, 
each other. You know, we're trying to beat each other and we line up and play each other, and that's part of it between the lines. But when that ends, um, I think that there's a, there's a responsibility we have to each other as far as toward other passionate coaches to be there to help each other um, when, when other people need it because there is a real human side to this. And uh, that's what that website does. Um, again, that's www.coachmattkramer.com. And, um, again, all, all everything on that is free. Uh, there's a link on there to my uh, website that is uh, for the book. And the book's website is www.beyondthehardwood.com. Uh, that Beyond the Hardwood is all lowercase letters, all one string together word. And then um, I have a business Facebook, too, that is www.facebook.com. Um, so that whole thing at the backslash and then the title, the first part of the title of the book um, the, with a capital T, um, best, with a capital B, blending with a capital L, and then plans with a capital P. And on that website, usually what I do is I, I, um, I update what's going on at Milton with the players that we have that are being recruited. Uh, there's a great article on there right now about Chris Lewis and why he chose Harvard over the likes of a Notre Dame, a Miami of Florida, um, a Kansas, a Stanford. Um, he had offers from everywhere. Um, it was amazing the people I got a chance to meet who came to our practices. Uh, but he's, a, he's an amazing kid. And uh, there's a great story on there about him. Um, there's some things on there about some of the trips we've taken and the recruitment of Cortez Sapp as a football player. And, um, and I try to do things like that to, you know, to publicize our players, um, to get their names out there. And, and then I have my Twitter account, which is at CoachK6463. And, you know, usually what I do on there is just the same type of thing. I promote our program, and I try to put links on there to um, any of the articles and, and pieces that we have on the other websites so that people who follow me um, can get to our stuff. And, like I said, it's, it's, it's built me some – first of all, it's a tremendous network of great coaches who are passionate, you know, hardworking guys that, that are all trying to do the best by their players – and, um, you know, it's connected coaches from coast to coast. I uh, actually, uh, through the website, helped a guy who was out of coaching get back into it as an assistant out in Washington, um, the state of Washington. And he's in a position now to where he's going to take over as the head coach of that program here in the next couple of weeks. So mm. uh, it's a pretty cool thing that, uh, you know, to be able to you know, help somebody a couple thousand miles away. Um, and it's fun. You know what I mean? It's fun. Um, I, I think that it's one of the real rewarding things that's come out of writing a book. Um, you know, a real royalties check is, is a cool thing um, for, you know, for a basketball coach who, you know, who hacked and wrote a book. Um, but the really cool thing has been the people I've had a chance to meet and making those connections. And, you know, hopefully some people, uh, you know, some, some new people here from hearing this get an opportunity to get on there and, and um you know, we can we can make some some more coaching friends on there um, from from this particular interview. Been fun. Well, Matt, I I appreciate you joining me for two hours of your time. I know as a basketball coach, you're you're being you're being taken away from the NCAA tournament, uh, but I really appreciate this. And if you could hold the line for one moment, I'm going to sign off. Yeah, absolutely. Dad, I appreciate the opportunity and. Um, you know, I think it's a it's a great thing that you're doing. Um, you know, Coach Person, you have it on there just to you know kind of be mentioned on the same type of show that he's on is you know it's an honor for me. And um, you know, it's funny. I always say this to to the coaches when we talk about something. One of the one of the ways that you can learn is by listening. 
But one of the ways you can remember who you are is by sharing some of your information with somebody else because it kind of kind of reminds you of who you are and why you do what you do. And I, I think there's some power in both. And so, I mean, I appreciate the opportunity from your standpoint to get to know you a little bit and, you know, hopefully reach some people that you're, you know, you're sharing this with, but, you know, also to, you know, to kind of look in the mirror and examine myself and, and uh, you know, remember who I am. I think that's important, you know, as a coach and, and leader that we, we do that from time to time. So, uh, thanks a lot. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. It's been great stuff. I really appreciate it. Thank you.